Hello, and welcome back to the Conscious Contact Podcast. I apologize ahead of time. Um, if you feel like when you hear me, I sound different or like I've been smoking, uh, I have not. I've got some kind of congestion, allergies, something, something, something going on. But I thought that this topic was really important for this time of the year. And it is something that's been on my mind recently. I had a friend bring this up to me um, when we were together last week. And I had completely forgotten that I wanted to go down this rabbit trail on a podcast episode. But the fact that uh, triggers are not real. Now, before you get triggered by me saying that, I'm going to make the general disclaimer that I do every single time. I am not talking during this podcast about excusing abuse. I am not talking about extreme situations. I am not talking about uh, ignoring things that are just morally and ethically wrong. I am not talking about excusing bad behavior. None of that. If you've listened to any of my other episodes, I think that you know that already. But if you're new here and you've clicked on this because of the title and it has wound you up, welcome. <laughs> I hope that you listen to the whole thing and maybe you can understand where I'm coming from and maybe it will help to lessen those triggers for you a little bit. So I'm not discounting the fact that that uh, triggers as a whole do not exist for people with things like PTSD. That is a documented psychological issue that has very real physical, auditory, situational triggers. Again, I'm not talking about that. I am talking about this generalization of the word trigger in the social uh, atmosphere. So like on social media, um, things like Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all of that. I've been seeing so many influencers, content creators, whatever you want to call them, talking about being triggered around the holidays or how to react if said uncle, aunt, grandparent, sibling, whatever triggers you at Thanksgiving. And it just makes me sad. And partially because I too have once been there. I too said, um, you know, I have triggers and if if you were to tread on them, there is nothing I can do to stop myself from being triggered and then acting out in a specific way in response to you pulling that trigger of mine. The the way that I that it makes more sense to me, like euphemism wise, is pressing my buttons. If you press that button, I have no control over, nor am I responsible for my actions because you should know and you should control yourself and you should not press that button because, you know, either I've told you I had it or you should just know better or I'm going to make sure that you understand why it was a button that you pressed for me. This, and it is a sense of entitlement. It is an ego thing. It is a disregard for the other person's feeling situation, right to have an opinion, right to just be a human and maybe step on your toes sometimes. And I, I think that for me, I got caught up in that. I got caught up in my own selfishness and self-centeredness and thinking like, well, I'm right and they are wrong 
So it is okay if I react a certain way to whatever trigger it might be. And that is such a a twisted way of looking at things, especially when it comes to, and again, I'm not talking about trauma, abuse, PTSD, any of that. When it comes to differences of opinion, maybe in your household or in your family as a whole, uh, different political opinions, uh, different viewpoints on life, different religious beliefs, unless someone is being, uh, you know, intentionally mean, like actually mean, now from where I sit now, I see no reason to get riled up by those things. And I will give a specific example because I I do think that that's important in this situation because of how sad it made me when I realized that my triggers were really just me being selfish, first off, and also it was me being unwilling to work on removing that trigger because I can't control other people. I'm never going to be able to control other people, their actions, what they say to me, any of that. And the only way for me to be free of that trigger, the only way for me to remain untriggered is to do the work behind that trigger and remove that button and no one can push it. That was such a huge light bulb moment for me. So there was a large election a couple of years ago that was very split down the middle. I was on a particular side and one of my family members was on another side. And I felt very uh, opinionated. My opinion has since changed on this political topic, but I felt very uh, vindicated in my own confirmation bubble that I was right and they were wrong. And because they were wrong, they were terrible human beings for having that political opinion. That is such a, first off, that is such a negative and incorrect generalization for any human being. I would hate for someone to judge me as a terrible human being just because of my particular political belief on a certain issue. That that is horrible. <laughs> that is not how I would want to be judged uh, as, as a whole human being. And I don't think that's how I should judge other people now. I did back then believe that is exactly how I should judge other people because I was told to judge other people based on just that fact by all the different social media outlets, by other peers that believed what I believed or what I thought I believed. And I, I felt like I had to stand up to this injust, injustice and to let this person know they were wrong. Um, and how <laughs> egotistical is that? You know, like I didn't want to engage in a in a a disagreeing but striving to understand each other conversation. No, 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 that's not what I wanted. I wanted to prove them wrong and show them how wrong they were and rub their nose in it. That is not how you grow as as yourself for your for your own sanity. That's definitely not how you change the hearts and minds of people around you if you really do think they're misguided and you really do think that what they believe is wrong. You're not going to be able to to even open a dialogue with them if you go into it just wanting to show them how wrong they are. I I think that's 
first off, just a terrible place to start. And for me, it is always proven to be. If I can go into a conversation with someone I know I disagree with, I want to really try to understand why they believe what they believe. Because first off, that's going to help me understand them as a human. It's going to help me have more compassion for them. It's going to help me find the humanity in the situation. Because even now, you know, I have strong opinions on certain things and I can definitely feel like I may be right for me, but that might not be right for them. And I don't get to live their life. That's not how this works. <laughs> that is not how any of this works. And uh, in a different scenario, same thing, political issues. I intentionally unfriended on Facebook a family member and had certain beliefs about them as a human being because of their political choice. And how sad that is for me to have lost out on those years with this particular family member. How sad that is for me to know that I was so close-minded that I I felt I couldn't even see what they were posting without, you know, just having this rage to break my phone or computer or to lash out at them with my words. I mean, and I remember being in it and I really did feel that way. I, I really did feel that angry. And that's just ridiculous. And how much of my life I let get robbed from me because of that. And the answer was not for this person to change their political ideology or to explain themselves to me. The answer to this problem would have been for me to work on why that made me so angry. And a lot of it was because I didn't really know what I stood for <laughs> at that point in time. Like, yeah, I had a belief system in a political party, but I didn't really know how to stand up for those beliefs because I was just told that this is right and this is wrong. So I'm going to believe what's quote unquote right. But I didn't know how to argue that point because it really, I didn't think about it that much. And that's really sad for me too. You know, I didn't, I didn't have any kind of invested investigation into why I felt that way or why I be believed what I believed. And, you know, years pass and come to find out it's because I really didn't believe those things. That was what I thought I should believe. That's what I was told was the good, honorable thing to believe. I was told I was a bad person if I believed anything other than that. So why wouldn't I believe it? And I think both sides of the political spectrum and any side of any argument, they probably feel that way. I, you know, I've been caught in that a lot. And I, I think that the first step for me was realizing, oh, wait, may, maybe, maybe the problem is me. <laughs> maybe the problem is how I'm viewing this situation. And maybe the problem is the fact that this is causing, you know, an unrealistic unsubstantiated, uh, disgusting amount of rage in me when this person is literally just resharing something on Facebook. Like that's, that's not how I want to walk around living my life. That's not how I want to, you know, just be as a human because that made me depressed. It made me obviously rageful and angry all the time. It made me self-hating. It made me hate you. And that removes my humanity from me and then I can't see it in you. And the fact that I would, you know, ostracize myself from members of my family because of a political belief. And again, 
I'm not talking about abuse. I am not talking about letting people uh, abuse you in a, in a real way, not in a they said something that hurt my feelings way. You know, like why it, it this is what I try to walk into the situation with now. If someone says something that hurts my feelings or rubs me the wrong way, why does it hurt my feelings or rub me the wrong way? Is it because there's some truth to it? Is it because that's a hard topic for me to talk about? Is there because there's some is it because I have some growth that I can probably do in that arena? And the answer to that is yes. Um it can feel like a defeating thought process to say, well, if I'm the problem and I'm the one that's going to need to be wrong all the time, you know, how, how do I feel good about myself? That That's kind of like a, a self-answering question. Like if I am the problem, I can be the solution. <laughs> I can get rid of that and not have to have that feeling anymore. If it is not that person making me feel this way because this is a newsflash and maybe you'll find this is true for you. Maybe you won't. No one can make me feel anything if I am in the right headspace. No one can make me feel something. That's a fallacy that I told myself to get out of having to do the work. So if I have a trigger, that's, that is just something I'm not willing to do the work on. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to look at my part in it. I don't want to think selflessly about it. I, I, I don't want to pay attention to it. So I want to feel like I am right and you are wrong. And what you said is not okay. And we're going to end the conversation or it's going to turn into a heated conversation. I, I, I'm skipping around all over the place. So I hope this is making some kind of sense and you're getting something out of it. But that's been really, really heavy on my my heart and my thought process recently because I think for a lot of people – this time of year can be really rough um, and they may not agree with everyone in their family. I mean, I think that's kind of part of family is, is you are a patchwork of different human beings with different thoughts and feelings and opinions. And, you know, this is, <clears throat> this is not what happens for me personally, but I know some people have mentioned like, oh, I don't want to go because aunt so-and-so is going to ask me if I have a boyfriend again, or so-and-so is going to ask me if when I'm going to have kids again, or so-and-so is going to ask me, you know, whatever. Most of the time I have found when it comes to those type of questions coming from family that you're, you might not be very close with, most of the time they're genuinely just trying to, to hear about your life. They're genuinely just trying to, you know, hear more about you and pull it out of you. And when I, when I've been in those scenarios, if I don't want to answer those questions, that means I need to be active in that conversation and ask them questions about themselves first or decide what I want to talk about in my life and strike up that conversation with them and seek to hear what they have to say about it. I The, the biggest thing for me in awkward situations, whether it's with family or work, a work group or whatever, if I can find a way to be of service whether that's helping pick up the dirty dishes, doing the dishes, cooking something, bringing something, uh, entertaining somebody, you know, striking up a conversation with the other person that feels awkward because guess what? <laughs> I get to be the solution. If my problem is my anxiety, that puts me in a particular space where I have a, a, an amazing set of skills to find the other person that feels awkward or uncomfortable and make it easier for them. 
I get to do that because I know how it feels and I can see those cues, you know? So instead of wallowing in my own anxiety or social awkwardness, I can help that other person out if I just take the time to step out of my own way and be like, well, isn't anybody talking to me? Or, oh, I bet they took that wrong. If I can ignore those voices and try to help someone else, it makes all of this so much simpler. And if I am am striving to learn more about someone, if I am actively engaged in the conversation and not already on the defensive when I walk through the door, if I've done that spiritual work to take care of those triggers that I have, those are my triggers. Those are not the other person's triggers. They Most of the time, people genuinely have no idea that they are stepping on your toes, that they are pushing a button. They have no clue. And then when you freak out and have an unrealistic reaction to it that doesn't match the reality of the situation, that's when things go south. That's when arguments happen. That's when confrontation happens. And I have learned that if I can give everyone the benefit of the doubt, and I'm not perfect at this, nor am I even really that fantastic at it, but if I can remember to give that other person the benefit of the doubt. And even if that just means that I ask them, I'm sorry, I don't know what you mean by that. If they ask a question that I might be offended by or that I think might offend someone else or whatever, because I I know there's a lot of that going on, like how to stand up for someone else if someone says something that's inappropriate. That's a whole sticky situation. And my thought process, process on that is unless that person shows me through their reaction, their demeanor, or their words that they want me to stand up for them, it's real shitty of me to think they can't fight their own battles. And I can be there to support them and obviously call out any egregious, again, verbal abuse, racism, whatever. But it takes away that other person's power if I just instinctively stand up for them because I feel like that's my right to do so. That is so demeaning to them as their own human to think that they can't do that on their own. So I would say let them make the first move in that scenario. Um, and I'm sure they will show you whether it's verbal or physical cues if it is uncomfortable for them. And turning the conversation in a different direction is a great tool. I try to keep a couple of things in my back pocket if people start venturing into a conversation that I don't want to talk about or that I'm just bored by. Because let's be honest, not every conversation is going to be this enthralling, deep, let's get to the hardest stuff. Let's make conscious contact with one another type of thing. If someone is going on and on about a topic that I really don't care about, first off, I need to check my motives. Am I there to connect with that person? Like, do I know them enough where I'm striving to to deepen this relationship? And if that's true, who cares if that's what I want to talk about? How can I reinvest myself in this conversation and actually care about what they're telling me? How can I find the nugget to be able to listen and take that in? And this is especially true. I've had some conversations with like a 12, almost 13-year-old recently I have no idea what she's talking about most of the time. And and she was talking about this book series that she really loves. And she's so passionate about it. I have no clue what any of the words she's saying mean. I have no idea where these places are or these characters are. But I can tell how much she enjoys it. So I found ways to ask her for more details so that it did make sense to me. So that I could be an active participant in that conversation. Because 
how awesome it is that someone that age even cares to talk to another adult about really anything. Because she's, you know, when you get to that age, I know this is how I was. Right when I turned 13, that's when I hated all adults. I had wanted nothing to do with you. I did not want to talk to you. I kept secrets from you. It was a bad time. So if if she's going to like care enough to want to strike up a conversation with me, I feel like that's a, a, a pretty hefty load that I need to be carrying as, as a reciprocant to that kind of trust and appreciation. So first, that's what I would do is uh, how can I reinvest myself in this conversation? Or if it is something touchy and I can tell that I am uncomfortable, this person is not in a place where we can have that open, honest, seeking to understand conversation and they just want to pick a fight, I will try to change the topic to something else. And I mean, this time of the year, there's lots of things to talk about. <laughs> there's like, oh, what are you thinking about getting Sally Mae for Christmas or Hanukkah? Or what do you, what are you wanting to do for your Christmas break? Or what's new at work? Or, you know, any of those things. What I found more often than not is people like to talk about themselves. I am included. So if I ask them more questions about them, that takes the pressure off of me having to answer questions that they are asking me. So I, I hope that this made some kind of sense. I hope that my awkward social situations and my previous uh, egotistical, selfish, self-centered ignorance can be of help to you as you move forward and have those conversations with people or not have them. <laughs> but I I want to empower everybody that's listening or watching. Like if you have a trigger from something that that is again not trauma, not physical abuse, not something like that. Um if you have a trigger like I'm trying to think of something uh even more specific. Okay. This is a great one. I talked about this um on my last solo episode too. I'm an only child. I am terrible at sharing. And Luke likes to shine a spotlight on when I am being particularly bad at sharing or when I am being particularly controlling because I am also a control freak. So when he does that, it stings real bad. That's a big button push for me. And in my head, intuitively, the conversation, and I, I don't say this out loud anymore, most of the time, but the conversation in my head immediately goes, well, if he wouldn't say that, I wouldn't get upset. Or if he could just ignore it, then we wouldn't have to have this conversation or any mixture of those two things. But I, that is, again, that is trying to put the blame on someone else so that I don't have to do the work to not have that reaction anymore. And that's on me. Like I, I get to remove that button. And if I do that, which it is a, a long process, and I recommend that if you don't already like have therapy or some kind of uh, spiritual guide or someone, uh, an elder in your family that you talk to and work through these type of issues with, I highly, highly recommend that. Even if it's a mentor, whatever. It is extremely hard to work on that kind of stuff on your own, in my experience. I have needed outside help to work on those particular issues. And I need people like Luke to continue to point that stuff out to me because I can't see it. I am blind to it. And it feels like the rational reaction when it's not. So I do need him to point it out to me. 
Does it still suck? Yes, because I still haven't done enough work to get rid of that button so he can push it. But every time it happens, I do feel a little more aware of it. I do feel a softening and instead of immediately anger, a lot of times I start to feel um, uh, the sting of work to be done, the sting of, uh, I don't know, like the promise that I don't have to feel this way because previously it would just be rage and I'm going to ignore you and attack you. And the further I can get away from that being my first choice of how to deal with those situations, the more growth that I can see and the more growth that I will seek because I, I need a reward. I need a treat um, in those scenarios. So it, it is something that it still does hurt, but it hurts because I know I can do more work on it. It hurts because I know that relief is out there and I'm just lazy and I don't want to put in the effort. And it could be that, or it could just be, I need to give myself a little bit more grace. Um, it could just be that, that, you know, for everything, there is a season and this is a layer of my onion that is peeling very slowly. And the fact that I have a partner who feels comfortable enough calling me out on my character defects, I think is a huge deal. I think that's amazing. I think that that means I have stopped biting his head off enough for him to see that this could be a potential path for growth for both of us. So it is, it is one of those catch 22s, you know, like it, it can feel uh, eviscerating. It can feel like someone is, you know, like pulling your heart out or punching you in the chest. And I totally understand that. And it can feel like, well, they're wrong and I'm right. So why don't they just change? You can't change other people. And if you rely on uh, reaching that benchmark, well, oh, whenever so-and-so does this, then I'll be happy. Oh, or whenever so-and-so stops doing this, then I'll be happy. Or if only they did this, I would be happy you're giving someone else the power to run your life. And you don't have to do that. <laughs> you really, really don't. And it, it, it's there for you to take control of it in the right way instead of the negative way of control. It's there for you to work on and be able to let go of that and be able to soften. And I'll never forget, I have a mentor and I mentioned something to her. Oh gosh, it's probably about five, five and a half years ago now. I mentioned getting offended by some old guy saying something in passing, which legitimately was not inappropriate, was not inflammatory, was not anything. Um, and she just looked at me and she's like, oh, honey, you'll soften. You'll look back on this and you'll realize that that is not a big deal and you do not need to get worked up about it. And it, when she said it, I was like, she's fucking crazy. <laughs> like, she just doesn't understand how, you know, terrible this is or whatever. And I kept that comment to myself. And I was just like, you know what? Maybe she's right, you know? And she was. <laughs> and that's happened with a lot of things. And I think some of that is growth and um, getting older and more mature. Uh, but I think a lot of it is also recognizing that I'm the most, not, <laughs> I almost said it in the opposite way. I am not the most important person in the world or the room most of the time. And I can seek to understand those around me instead of wanting to be understood. Because the more I seek to understand them inherently, the more I'm going to feel seen. Um, even if they don't reciprocate that, I'm going to feel that I, I did what I knew was best to do. And I didn't add fuel to a fire that I know uh, is going to explode. And I get to have less 
reactivity. I don't know if that's a word or not, but I, I get to not feel that rage all the time over, over people having no clue that they're making me feel that way and having no clue why I'm having these reactions to them. And I get to have actual relationships with people that are much deeper because of that. Because because I don't just write someone off because they have X, Y, or Z viewpoint. I get to have friends and be friendly with relatives and other people in this world who don't agree with me. <laughs> and they don't have to. And I'm not going to force them to agree with me. And they don't force me to agree with them. And shocker, you can coexist with people that you are not on the same page with. It's, I know it's, it's a shock, but it is really awesome. Um, once I had that awakening, if you will. Um, and I, I want to share that with other people because again, you might think I'm crazy and you might be like, there is absolutely no way that I'm not going to be triggered by ABCD scenario. Um, but I would say maybe try, uh, maybe ask someone how they worked on theirs. Maybe uh, seek out other podcasts that talk about stuff like this because I, I know that there are others out there that maybe not specifically, um, you know, like entitle talk about things like this. But I think any kind of like personal growth or spiritual growth based uh, podcast is going to have something to say about that. And that goes for books or programs or anything like that. Um, if if I am the problem, I can be the solution. So I hope that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. If you celebrate, um, that you eat something yummy no matter where you go. And I will see you next week. Bye.